Hello and welcome back to Football Gentron, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I am your host, Adam, and I am joined here by the usual suspects, Armin and Chadens. Um, I know it's been a while, gentlemen. How are you all doing? Hello! Sheesh, bro. So long. <laughs> FK back together. Yes, yes. FK is, in fact, back together. And it has been a long time um, since we have done an episode with the three of us together. And um, sorry, I was on vacation and I won't apologize for it. <laughs> um, but we're back. And if you don't already, please follow us on our social medias. Uh, if you don't, you missed out on some incredible content while I was in Armenia and while Chadens was in Armenia. Chadens was literally everywhere. He went to like yeah. Five different football matches. He was at the yeah. European games. He went to some Euro- other European games. He went to APL games. He was everywhere. And if you guys don't follow us on Instagram, you guys are missing out on that amazing content. So uh, go drop us a follow. Big things please. coming. Oh, big things coming. Absolutely. We got a lot, a lot, a lot of ground to cover today. Um, it's not going to be a particularly long episode. Uh, because, you know, obviously we're not going to cover a month and a half's worth of stuff <laughs> in one show. That would just be insane. <laughs> and season's uh, only getting started. But it's going to be little, little, little it's and bits. Uh, so let's start with the Armenian Premier League. Um, it's back underway. Good news. Bad news. It got much more difficult to watch. Uh, but we will get into that in a little bit. Um, let's open things up by looking at the table uh, there's been four matches played so far this season uh, for most clubs, except for Punic, who we will discuss shortly. Uh, the top three are currently Alashkert with 10 points, Urardu with 9 points, and Van with 7 points. Um, Chadens, while you're in Armenia, you had a little bit of happy, happy, fun time with Urardu. Tell us a little bit about your experience with the club and the games that you went to. Well, firstly... I'm going to take this uh, opportunity on behalf of Football Gentron to thank Urardu staff uh, for yeah. letting us, uh, for giving us the opportunity to to go have a tour, see, uh, see a lot of uh, players, potentially um, hundreds of players, because they gave me a, spe- a specific number of how many players they have in their academies. And it's insane. Uh, the amount of fields they have is insane. Uh, so a, um, a very, very big thank you to all of them for uh, giving us this chance to share about it. So speaking of Urardu, uh, three games. Awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, so uh, three three games uh, I was able to watch. The, the three uh, match days the except today's one so today's one was the fourth one which they beat noah six nil uh insane score uh urardu urardu is very uh from what i saw they're very uh midfield oriented passing oriented uh you could even say Spanish method of playing since they've had spanish coaches uh, as most yeah, of you know it's not a coincidence Mhm. Uh they they focus a lot on that. Uh their execution was a little bit tough in those first three games. Uh they did not they scored uh in those 
three total games, they scored um, three goals. But today mm-hmm. they scored six. So you can see they started improving on it, and it's brilliant to see. Uh, they're sitting second uh, currently. There are still mm-hmm. a couple of games to play. Not only are they sitting second, they've actually now they've they're the team that has scored the most number of goals so far in the league and conceded the least number of goals. So whatever Dmitry Gunko is doing so far, mm-hmm. it's working. I mean, especially after yeah. their win today, that was a crazy, crazy win. Um, but be great on them. Also, a special thank you to Lucy, uh, who was the one arranging. <laughs> for everything for our boy Chadens while he was there uh, with Uradu. So thank you, Lucy. We Thank really we. appreciate you. Um, yep. And yeah, hopefully we do a little bit of more, a little bit more content with Uradu. Uh, probably it'll, it'll, it'll be coming. Elsewhere, um, on the complete opposite side of the table, boys, we have FC Noah. Uh, they are currently in what we would call in the industry a crisis. They have played four matches so far this season, uh, scoring five and conceding thirteen. Uh, a bulk of those goals, six coming from the six uh, nil loss to Urardu today. Um, guys, <clears throat> lots of things going on here off and on the pitch. Um, unconfirmed rumors that we have seen swirling around as apparently Noah is not paying their players. Ottoman, um, this is not a poor club by any means um what do you think well what do what do what are you identifying here as the problem because their personnel is not not bad by any means Mm-mm. i don't know i mean you said it their 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 squad is good to very good for apl standards but and 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 as you said they're not a poor club uh i mean they they're like they have have in their network teams in big Hungary in a big Hungarian team, a big club in Italy where all of us growing up they were in Syria. We we're talking about Siena. Um, they're not poor. I don't know how the the system works. I don't know. I don't know how the structure of a club is, uh, and so I don't know what the the quote unquote weak link would be. That would make uh, the payment uh, cycle not to get completed, but there, there's somebody there failing the club. And from the club owners' statements, that they would be focusing a lot more on Armenian talent, and and the transfers actually uh, delivered. We don't want this club to do as bad as they're doing. So we don't know what, what's wrong with the club right now. But on the other hand, it's not an unusual phenomenon for the APL or any post-Soviet uh, league, unfortunately. Uh, but I don't know what to say, bro. I mean, it's just... Yeah, it's so, an yeah. internal and external factor. So we, we, we won't know much, but the way it seems like it, it's it's... It's strange. And, yeah. and, you know, you yeah. cannot help but feel bad for players like uh, our very own homie, Haik Musakhanian, uh, the the goalies. Uh, um, I mean, of course, Grigori Matevosian left the club. Uh, then you have Shahatuni, that's a good goalie. You have Tolia Ayavazov, that's 
great. Um, you have so many young Armenians playing at the club. Uh, I don't know, Napetyan, uh, now Danielian, Evalen, and et cetera, et cetera. I don't know, man. You can't help but feel bad for them. I, yeah. they, their head coach le- uh, resigned, I think, last week, didn't he? Adam Hakobian? I don't know if he did. I'm, I'm, I, I've, we read that somewhere, but I haven't. I mean, I, I maybe I'll, I'll, I'll look at the match from today and see if he was on the sidelines. Um, and then that'll give us our, that'll give yeah. us our, our answer. But yep, Noah's currently at the bottom. Alashka is currently at the top as the only team that's undefeated so far with three wins and uh, sorry. Four, uh, three, yeah, three wins and one draw. Uradu in second place with three wins and one loss. Uh, Punic are currently sitting at eighth place with three points, but they've only played two matches. Uh, it was a one-nil loss and a one-nil win. Um, and that one game was a problem with uh, with Ararat that they yeah. played. And, it kind and of so, caused them a bit of trouble, yeah. So we're, um, and, and of course, you know, Melikian is 99% focused on Europe right now and not on the <laughs> domestic league. And do you blame him? Bro, I don't. I mean, no, there, there without some, a doubt. There's some things. There's some things about Melikian and Punic that I like, and some things that I don't like. But what I can tell you, I mean, good and bad considered. Melikian's pressers, ah, chef's kiss. They're pure gold, bro. Yeah, if you don't watch his press conferences, just please do because they're hilarious. He's he's a very funny person. Um, but we'll get into Punic a little bit more later in this show. Um, elsewhere, the newcomers in the Premier League, uh, Shirak of Gyumri, uh, who is, of course, very familiar to being in the Armenian Premier League, and Lernayn Artsakh have both started out pretty brightly, I would say. Uh, the side from Gyumri, Shirak has one win, one draw, and two losses so far this season. Uh, and Artsakh has one win, one draw, and two losses as well. So they're both sitting on four points in the middle of the table. Uh, not bad. Not bad for them. Um, I would love to see um, these these clubs, you know, stay in the league, especially Shirak, which is, you know, post post Soviet Armenia, um, has has was a huge club. I mean, at one point yeah. came to they're LA cool. and and played a game against the Galaxy. You know, they're they're uh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually I remember seeing Edgar Malakian um, in Zara at the Glendale Galleria. Uh-huh. True story. No, I, I believe it was Gore, wasn't it? <laughs> what, what, what was it? Me. Gore, his uh, younger brother. Yeah, Gord yeah. Malakian. Yeah, it was Gore Malakian. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it was Gore Malakian at the Zara yeah, the, don't, don't, Galleria. Don't elaborate, on that, don't elaborate on that story, please. Yeah, so, I won't. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for the Armenian Premier League. Um, as I had mentioned earlier, it got a little bit more difficult to watch because they are no longer showing the games live on YouTube. The full yeah, I've got a of, confirmation for that uh, yeah. from someone from FFA. Uh, they are showing it on Vivaro Sports. Uh, I believe it's free to register. Uh, so Vivaro Arena, oh, if you... Yeah, so you can either go to their Vivaro Sport website or you can go to gisher.org, uh, which is the website that streams all of the live Armenian TV channels. And they have Vivaro Sport, Vivaro Sport Plus, and Vivaro Arena. From my experience, the APL has been shown on Vivaro Arena the most. Um, and it's just as easy as watching it on YouTube, honestly. Uh, and we will go ahead and we'll probably share that for the next few weeks on our social medias so people can get a little bit more familiar. Uh, but if you go to vivaro.tv, 
uh, you should be able to register for free and watch the matches as well. But please don't gamble. <laughs> don't waste your money. <laughs> um, all right, moving on to transfers. Anman, lots of stuff happened. Um, but we're going to focus on just a couple of transfers um, that are a little bit more noteworthy than others. Uh, David Davidian and Punic, let us know what happened there. Yeah, I mean, as you said, a lot has happened, but not everything deserves our attention. So consider yourself lucky if you're being mentioned at Football Canton, of course. Uh, seriously, though, uh, I don't know. First and foremost, there are a couple of unclear situations previously mentioned on the show that now became clear, right? First one, as you said, is David Gento Tunic that has been confirmed for like a month already, but since we haven't been recording a lot with uh, our busy schedules and uh, life, you know, but Davidian has joined Punic after all of the fallout with Himki, the racial things going on at the Moscow Moscow club, uh, a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, but man, also, also another uh, noteworthy thing: um, mm-hmm. Asha Koryan, who was also at Himki ah. and who was being loaned out, has also confirmed to have departed from the club, and he joined that same club that. Um, Galoyan is at Alanya, so not that noteworthy, but, you know, another Armenian <laughs> in the RPL leaving. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but... I, as, it's definitely as a much, bad thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as they're uh, at second year, both uh, Korean and Galoyan nowhere near the national team for me. Um, but as I said, David Yanto Punic confirmed huge news for the APL because in one month, uh, out of which, by the way, half the time he is almost spent injured already, but the other half, he confirmed why he was worth it and why he's worth keeping in the squad, even if uh, really injury prone. He's such a difference maker, bro. Uh, he was key in the European campaign so far beating um, Cluj, no less than Cluj, and of course Leroy Dudelange from uh, Luxembourg. Sadly, he was injured for the Red Star Games, uh, one of many factors that led to the result. We're going to get into that in detail a little later. But, bro, he is so good. Uh, And after his injury, and of course, simultaneously, Arasos Bilis got injured as well, who is, by the way, same position as he is, so you you know that Punic's attack dipped their form big time after that. They are going to need a lot of strength. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Exactly. We'll get to that in a little bit. But we do have another transfer update. Uh, should I mention, should I speak about this one? Or, um, how should we yeah. replay uh, this? Yeah, okay. I mean, could just go for it. He's, he's my boy after all, right? Uh, you'll get your shot in the, in the next one. Uh, Girard Markarian. Uh, you know all about this guy. For two years, actually, no, uh, one year now, we have been talking a lot about him. And National Team Games confirmed he is pretty much the best left back, the best Armenian left back uh, around right now. 
he was supposed to join uh, Ukrainian Premier League team very soon. Eh? But with all of the situation going on there, he decided uh, he had to leave. And and the, the place he ended up in was Oratu in Yerevan. And he went on loan, etc., etc. But now he decided to extend his loan at Urartu for six more months, right? To stay fit and, and inform ahead of the national team window in, in September, late, late September, if I'm not mistaken. Since the UPL, the Ukrainian Premier League, was on standby, right? So after months of uncertainty, it's now finally expected the UPL, of course, Ukrainian Premier League, to resume next week only, right? So out of the two months, uh, that uh, were between uh, that contract loan contract extension of Shirais and the national team window. One month could have gone. He could have been a whole month without playing. Luckily, he decided to extend that to Rartu. The thing is, now it will be a little worrisome, in my opinion, if his club Verestrivd, Veres, <coughs> sorry, Verestrivne in Ukraine finds footing, right? If they start playing good, if they start winning and getting form, and etc., 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 and he joins that team in 2023, a team that's already um, fully on track, you know, you know, you you get the idea. It could mean that he will have a very difficult time to earn his spot on a team that's already uh, working in a way, right? Alternatively, no, though. But I'll, I'll let yeah, you finish. It, I'll let you finish, it, and then I'll say. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it, it. Alternatively, it only. Ultimately, it all depends on how they perform. Because I I suggested it because he's playing very good at Urardu. Oh, um, he's leading. He's leading the team well. They're captaining him, so yeah. they consider him as very important. Um, I mean, it's not about him that I'm worried. It's about how they, how the, the the team he's supposed to join. Because he's, we know he's definitely really good for the UP for the Ukrainian Premier League, and he's with a top ten league material. We do well, know he that. He is very good. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's insanely good. Exactly. But the thing is, if the team he joins has already a left back that is performing, because the Ukrainian Premier League also feeds players to top 10 leagues on a yearly basis. So if he's to fight against that, being a foreigner uh, and, and also a newcomer, that's going to be... You mean on his return, right? Yeah. On his return there. Uh, after, well, he might not December. want to return, though. If he's doing so good, he might not need to return and he, he might have a new offer uh, lined no, up for but, him after. But I, I hardly doubt that a team... I mean, his contract is uh, with uh, Veres. That's the thing. So if he hmm. if he performs really well, they might summon him back to, uh, at least as a sub. Hopefully, they will really need, they will actually need him. But I don't think they're gonna leave him at Urartu for a long, a long time, especially now that uh, the UPL is resuming. But time will tell. We'll see. Time will tell. Speaking of Girais, Adam, you're Girais now. Girais Shaloyan uh, made the interesting decision to leave Ararat, Armenia. Um, we're not exactly sure 
about the details of this transfer because, um, you know, you would think Vardan Bichakchan would want him, you know, to play for this club. And he was also linked with the Porto second team. Um, but he ended up back at Bekma, where he was on fire um, originally, and he seemed to be picking up on that form. So far in four matches, he has two goals and two assists. Uh, so netting one today, actually, in their one-all draw. So maybe maybe this can be the season well, that Shahoyan does it in the top flight and then makes the jump to a top 15. By the way, it's the second time he's been linked with Porto, by the way. No, you would, you would think he would have gone <laughs> this time. I mean, look, it's the Porto's second team, which, of course, isn't ideal when you're, like, 21. But... Um, Still ideal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking about Porto here. At 22, yeah, he can good. break into the first team and he can yeah. be playing Champions League. And, and we know, you know, every major club buys from Porto. So, I don't know. It could have been a missed opportunity. But speaking of opportunities, Hurant, otherwise known as Grant Leon um, Yeranosian, or Ranos, as he goes by in uh, on his jersey, uh, has been promoted from the Bayern under-19s to FC Bayern 2. So he's currently playing at the Regionales Bayern, which I believe is the uh, now fourth division, because I think they had gotten relegated last season, if I'm not mistaken. You're the Bayern expert here. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so far, Grant <laughs> has uh, three goals in five matches, uh, and from what I can gather, the social media accounts love him. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's looking good for him do. over there. Um, he can, you know, hopefully uh, break into the first team. He was actually playing there um, in the preseason. He had about, I think, if I recall correctly, a few minutes against Ajax um, coming off the bench and in a friendly match, uh, which was cool to see uh, because, you know, currently – you know, Bayern likes to use their youth players. Um, and of course, Hurant is eligible for Armenia as well as for Germany. Uh, but I, as I have pointed out on the subreddit, um, yeah. when, he was playing, when he was playing in the UEFA Youth League last season, he was registered with UEFA by Bayern as an Armenian national. So it's, of course, you know, he's uh, definitely a quiet type. He has social media, but he doesn't really post anything personal on there. It's just on yeah. match days um, and he was following more armenian people uh i realized recently he's not yeah so i don't know what where you know where his mind is at but uh of course as as Ottoman says if you make if you play first team football then you can play for the national team um yeah and, and bro uh, and he's not gonna go to the mannschaft come on uh, he's he's almost 20 he look. hasn't broken into first team yes he's he's shining for the b team and everything but uh, look, he's a little late to the Look, all I'm gonna say is if you're a, if you are <laughs> I've said this before, I'll say it again. If you are a player so for FC Bayern, you always have a chance at playing for the Mannschaft. It's just, that's just the fact. So yeah, it, but a, a chance to play two games a year at most. Look, I that's think, his personal decision. That we don't know how Hayao said he feels. All I know is that every he had the Armenian flag on his Instagram and he took it off. Um, and then every single time this guy posts anything, it's just filled with Armenian flags. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Consider I mean, the country he lives in. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't like 
um, Armenians there for some, a reason. Germans love us. It's not about the Germans. It's about a different kind of people that don't don't like us. So I would understand removing the flag. But uh, and then you mentioned Hayas Rutun. I don't think it's about patriotism all the time. I mean, yeah, of course, most times it plays a role. But playing for Armenia for players that don't particularly feel Armenian, for instance, Korik Bayramian, he doesn't feel really Armenian a lot. He played for Armenia. He joined Armenia at 27 because he knew he wasn't gonna get the the call for Russia. So, but he, but he, for Armenia, he played yeah. against Dimanshaft. He plays against I don't know the. He got a draw against uh, Croatia, World, uh, the World Cup runners-up. So there are a lot of perks in joining Armenia, especially if you're from a top 10 UEFA country where you won't be look, like, quote-unquote, somebody there. Look, all I'm going to say is he follows Eduard Sversian on Instagram, but he also follows Arsene Zaharian. And then Zaharian. that too. So, you know... It, and I think he may even be eligible for Russia as well, because I think his grandparents, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're Armenian, of course, but they hold Soviet passports. So he mm-hmm. can also technically play for Russia, too. And Nobel Arustamian, actually, he follows him as well. So I don't know. It could go either I, way. It I, looks I, like. I think our chances are good. But first, let's wait for him to, you know, to make a career for himself. I agree, but as soon as this guy plays one minute of senior football, the federation better call him, call him up, call find him, him up. <laughs> Seriously, that, that's when we'll know where the problem is. That's exactly yeah. the moment we'll know who's the problem in this whole system. <laughs> that's the problem. I like that. Well, speaking of Edo Spertian, let us shift our focus to the news. Uh, our boy Edo has been, for lack of a better term, on fire uh, so far this season. He has, in five matches, four goals and one assist. So he's um, averaging one goal contribution per match right now. Um, And he has just been playing excellently for Krasnodar. Um, We haven't really discussed this in depth, but we have seen the conversations around social media on Edel's decision to not leave because it was confirmed by the club and it was confirmed by the club owner, um, uh, Galitsky, that... They had received several offers for Spezian over the summer, but neither of those offers were the right offers. Um, Actually, the latest statement on uh, apparently from Edo himself is that he received a lot of conversations and phone calls and and stuff, but no concrete offers. That's and that he wasn't the one in charge of analyzing the offers. Uh, yeah. we know his. His dad is his, his agent uh, for now, so we don't really know what happened. Look, I, so we're going to do something that we haven't really done before, but we're going to do it now. We, we have actually have a couple of listener questions on this topic. And the first question is from God underscore M underscore S2, who says and asks us, boys, was it the right decision for Spertian to stay at Krasnodar? Short answers, please. We'll start with you, Chanins. Yes. Expand slightly. <laughs> uh, I'll put it in a phrase. He'll become a bigger fish in a small pond 
he, he'll become a bigger fish in a small pond, basically. He'll get noticed even more now because everybody's going to be wanting for him. Uh, everybody's going to be looking in Russia for players who who don't who who deserve to play in Europe and Russia is not in Europe now. So. Yeah, and I could tell you, um, I watched their nil-nil draw against Dinamo Moscow last week, uh, and he played the full 90, and so did Arsen Zakharyan. And I could tell you the commentators were talking about Sverdsyan way more. I think they only mentioned Zakharyan when he was on the ball, but they talked extensively about Sverdsyan on multiple occasions. So We should make friends with them. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Armen, what are your thoughts? Was it the right decision for Svetsyan to stay? I don't know, man. I don't know. Time will tell. There are a lot of factors here. A lot of character, personality, um, form, the league itself. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I do like the form. And, and ultimately, that's what matters for the national team. And... Hopefully, it's the beginning of a virtuous cycle. Yeah, well, speaking of virtuous cycles, uh, Kazakhstan, which is a country that we have a virtuous cycle of not leaving, uh, <laughs> we oh, have a couple of updates from it's there. Given us, it's given us some good transfer, bro. Sure. Okay. Ahmed, what's going on in your favorite part of the of part of the world? <laughs> My favorite part of the post-Soviet world outside of Armenia, maybe. Okay, no, maybe not. But it's a good, <laughs> it's a good league. What can I say? It's a good league for Armenians. It's a good stepping stone, just like Cyprus. I mean, it's better, but not way too better. You know what I mean? Uh, we have Pedro Savedisian that joined actually fellow Armenian countryman Zaven Badoyan at FC Akshayuk and we literally just come off his debut uh, it was off the bench against Kaspi from the Caspian Sea of course the, uh, they they won 2-0 uh, and this this is where it's at two goals both goals came from the Armenians 75th no 74th minute Zaven Badoyan scored the opener and 75th minute Fellow countryman and debutant Pedro Savetisian scored the second one. Both came off the bench for the last half an hour or so of the game and scored one each over consecutive minutes on the first game together in a top 30 league. That's good. I mean, that's one of the best news of the weekend, if you ask me. And Pedro's, yeah. Yeah. Pedro's is relatively young and he, everywhere he's gone, he has performed. He, he has delivered. He's a little bit injury prone. He's a little bit uh, not strong mentally, but the class is there and um, is definitely there. And and I don't know, man. For instance, you have 31-year-old Artak Tashian that returned to the APO uh, and became champions with Bionic and is now a standout for the club that's going to be playing Europe and has been one of the strongest players, uh, the strongest performance in the national team this year. He's mm -hmm. 31, year, 31 years old and just came off the KPL, right? Well, that's now true. we have Pedro Savedician that's a very similar type of player and five years younger or six, maybe five. I think five years younger. That's solid, bro. That is, yeah. I mean, you can't deny the stats. And I just, 
I think that, in my opinion, the place that Avetisian messed up in his career was leaving Adadat Armenia to go to Tobol. I, I think on paper that seemed like a good idea, but, you know, that was the time that Adadat was going on their really good European runs and, you know, like they were finally doing something. And I think uh, that partially probably right. had something to do with Vardar Minasian leaving. Um, no, you know. bro. He, but. he, I, I can't tell you. I, I think I know the reason why he left. He was the one that actually screwed up the uh, screwed up the uh, FCAA game against Dudelange. He was underperformed. He? Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and you know what? No. I, I could understand why he want he would want to leave. And after that, he was actually right because he started to perform really well at Tobol. And and of course because of financial reasons he didn't stay, but the he did great at the Cape here back then. Yeah, I mean, he, I I think he's already 26, and you know, like you said, sure we have a Dashian once in a while, but you don't want to be relying on those types of players for the national team. That's just my opinion. You um, need depth. Yeah, you need depth, but you know what? There's a lot of players that we have in the under 19s and under 21s that I would prefer. But to, you need also. You also need form and experience. I mean, you need a little bit of everything. You need a little bit of everything, and yeah, I mean, we'll 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 find that balance hopefully somewhere. Um, speaking of balance, Khorik Baramian, uh, who was honored today uh, before kickoff by Rostov for his 150th official game for the club. Um, they are currently at halftime against Sochi, down one 0 due to a penalty, uh, but Khorik. Um, has done something that you know many Armenian players haven't done, and that's stay at a club for a very long time uh, outside of Armenia. I'm talking. Yeah, and be uh, you know, and be honored for it. And be honored for it. So congratulations to him for 150 official appearances for the club. Um, in your neck of the woods or in your continent, uh, Ottoman, we have Armenian national team <laughs> pledgee Nicolas Rossi Marashulian who's extended his contract with South American Giants Peñarol until 2025. Um, I, I feel like that has something to do with a, a buyout clause. Anyway, he's already scored one goal for the team. You know it and, does. And he secured a starting spot in the club side. That's huge because Peñarol is a very, very big club, right, in Uruguay and in South American football in general, historically. Um, I'm not sure about their recent ventures in, uh, in you know, common bowl if they've been playing any continental competition or anything i don't think they have been uh but on maybe you could speak to that a little bit more if you know yeah they're 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 not doing great on that front but they constantly feed uh good players they uh, actually peñarol in uruguay and 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 nacional in uruguay are literally 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 the south american version of uh celtic and rangers from scotland uh, they're huge and really old pedigree traditional teams that were world champions for the world uh, club World Cup uh, versions of the past uh, before it changed the the current format, uh, as well as Celtic and, uh, and and Rangers were back in the earlier half in the early half of the 20th century. And after that, their continental performances have not been great, but they're always in the mix, and they always give players the top ten leagues in the world. You know, much like the Scottish Giants. Uh, and actually, you know, for I mean, 
as much as we don't love his older brother, he's one of the latest examples. He went to the MLS, was definitely the best performer there, performer there, and he's now playing European Cups uh, constantly. Yeah. Never mind the club, uh, but that's I the think, thing. I think, and, and of course, unlike his brother, uh, Nico has already play. pledged yeah. to play for Armenia. Uh, he wants to play for Armenia. Uh, he was supposed to, but then, you know, COVID hit. COVID. We're not sure of what the interactions have been since, but, you know, because uh, I believe the uh, we had like an under-19 roster recently come out, but he's now 20 years old. So I think um, if he is to play, I mean, we, we 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 just have to see. I mean, if he's getting consistent game time at, at the top division, which he is, I mean, he has three appearances already. We're talking he's playing first-team football in a top league in South America. I I think, you know, is that under 21? Is that senior national team? I don't know, but I, I think know. it is. I mean, I, I honestly, I think it is. If, if we consider Balikian being uh, 23 by the time he made his national team debut for us, I mm-hmm. would say that Nico is currently at the stage where Balikian was when he was 22, 23, making mm-hmm. his first uh, big man season. You know, the, his first season as a solid uh, first team player, not just part of the rotation, but actually an important part of it. Uh, and he's three years younger than Balikian was back then. So, yeah, I would definitely call him up. And, you know, and, and, and it's... It, it, and, you know, like you said, if he has a solid season, uh, Peniroll is not a bad place to depart from. Um, if I'm, I'm just taking a look at where their departures have gotten recently, and we have a player, uh, Facundo Torres, who I've actually heard a lot about, Uruguayan uh, winger, who just got signed by Orlando in the MLS for $7.5 million. Uh, they've sold to several uh, Serie A clubs in Brazil, Brazilian Serie A, and Liga Emekis. They've also sold to La Liga teams. They've also sold to teams in Portugal, and they've also sold to Serie A. So, you yes. know, Bro. that's a very, 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 very um, good. Seven record. million, that Facundo Torres, seven million to MLS, very nice. But I would honestly prefer, of course, <laughs> ultimately, it depends on the player and his own social circle. But for us, Armenian national team fans, uh, mm-hmm. I would definitely settle for a two million transfer to Europe, to a top yeah. twenty, top thirty European league. I don't care. But I mean, look, he's going to play. They just sold their their left winger, uh, Nicolas Shiapakase, to Sassuolo. So you know that's a that's oh. a big that's a big sell. And then they've also yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we're talking about a team here that is used to selling, and and if they if he can go across the pond, that makes it a lot easier. Sassuolo is a huge trampoline in itself. Yeah, and they've and they've sold they just sold a right back to Mallorca. Sassuolo is uh, they they're aiming for uh, they're aiming for big stuff. I think this season they they made some one or two good transfers. They sold. Didn't they sell Skamaka to West Ham? 
Uh, let me see. I don't know. That might have been last season. I don't remember. I don't no, know. It, yeah, so it was Kamaka. They they sold him. They sold him to uh, West Ham. Yeah, they've, so they've bought him. Um, one of my favorite football projects for for the last 10 years. 36 million, July 26th. Yeah, there you go. And, and as so I mentioned, you know, uh, before, before Balekan ruined his, or uh, made a, a screw-up by staying in Argentina, uh, when he had actual offers, even though it was a loan, it was the first step. Once you're in Europe, you're in Europe. I mean, if you perform that loan can uh uh, turn into a sell or a transfer. I don't know, but Balikin had offers when he was 24 years old. He decided to stay in Argentina. Now he's 26, injury uh, prone, uh, lack of uh, lacking form. Yes, he's making a lot of money, but for what? He's not playing. Uh, so the obvious choice is always to go to Europe. That's where football is. I mean. I just hope he doesn't follow on Balikian's steps. Well, sticking to the South American boat, uh, Lucas Zalarayan is tearing it up in the MLS so far this season. He has eight goals and five assists in 21 matches. Uh, hopefully he can carry that form to the national team. Uh, of course, Lucas has not joined the national team in a couple of windows now. Uh, but, you know, considering suspension of Eduard Sversian uh, that we have to deal with, uh, in that first game against Ukraine at home, I think having someone as oh, creative as Lucas, I, I mm-hmm. think we need him. And I and I, I don't know where his willingness is, you know, to play for Armenia, um, because I don't think it was that high in the first place. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. I think if he, <laughs> if, he, if he mysteriously gets injured, I think that gives us our answer. Uh, Besides, bro, we got, so we got our best uh, record without him. It's not him that we need. It's other stuff that we don't need. Other players, other problems, other other things. That's not our problem. I mean, we are stacked when it comes to the the attacking side of the pitch. That's true, but we have only scored two goals in four matches. But that's, that's not because yeah, of personnel. That's bad. Yeah, that's, that's not. Yeah. That is not because. Well, of it's personnel. not. But, yeah. Bro, but, you know, we like, have the same personnel as we had in 2020-2021 where we scored nine goals in, uh, I don't know, seven games. And yeah, like literally that. one goal score, like, it was nine different goal scores. Well, as a reminder, uh, both Hovannesians are suspended for the next match against Ukraine because they have red cards. <laughs> so they can't play anyway. So that, see, that's how... Important it was for Girard Markarian, for instance, to mm-hmm. extend his loan at Urabu. And, and let I me point out, some, just in oh, retrospect, yeah. let me point out something else. When we had those two red cards against Scotland, uh, Daron Voskanian was actually on the bench that game, and he did not make a single appearance. He does. Throwing it out there. So I see, I see these things as positives. These two players, gone, red carded. This player rotting on the bench where he belongs. And... Speaking of left backs, we have a hidden card that hopefully will unveil over before before the next national team window. A huge if, hidden card. If if okay, I I, I was literally a football you, game from future star hidden card. If okay, 
I have been, I was literally thinking about this this morning before we started recording. If Avo does not get called up, does not make that appearance, he's been on the bench every single game. Um, he's yet to come on. And I think he will, uh, because the go-ahead Eagles are not struggling, but I think they can use him because he was very good for them in preseason. He gave a few assists. He was very, very involved. If Avo plays any, a, a single second in the first Dutch division for go-ahead Eagles, he better be the first fucking name on that defensive line team sheet. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. Because... Yeah, but that doesn't make sense. Like, why... Why? Would, we don't have any other left backs besides Giro. Giro. Yeah, Giro will play. It's definitely going to be Giro. I don't think it's going to be Avo. Avo's going to be yeah, called up, possibly, I, but I actually, Giro's going to... Yeah, I, I agree. Giro should start because of the form and the age and the experience. He's 24. He's perfect for trying out maybe going to another league that but Avo has not a man in run. risk of being invaded. But yeah, Avo is definitely a, the huge promise we have for our football, but he's not informed. I would definitely call him up though. But uh, as he, a, should, he, he needs to be called up. He needs to be locked in. He needs to be, yeah, yeah, he needs to be just there, like sitting right. on the bench. It's just, it's, no, he needs to go, he bench, needs to go to the team. He needs to make the debut. Maybe I mean I, I don't I don't oh, start him, but no. But for actually to lock to to actually lock him up, you, he needs to play. So maybe the last fifteen minutes. I don't know. No, I hope so, bro. Because I I think go I ahead think and use him. Get it. He, he needs to come in. He needs to be in the squad next month. I don't care. That, that's he actually bro. Those scenarios are actually one of the. Biggest ones where Armenian football lacks. I mean, not to disrespect like the football scenery in Armenia, but there are some things that actually Melikian himself pointed out in his gold uh, press conferences that are the, the the football scenery in Armenia has. Yes, it has developed a lot. It it has improved a lot, but it's still not professional. There are still decisions, basic football decisions that are made from a strictly unprofessional point of view with a strictly unprofessional fashion. This yeah. is one of those. You need to call these players from diaspora, play them at even if 15 minutes, lock them up and then send them off back to uh, keep developing their, their careers and, and living their own lives until you can trust them fully. Yeah. I mean, and, and on the other side, uh, we also have, Another player who's slightly younger than um, than Avo, uh, who is about I would say, in about the same place that Avo was at last year, which is good, which is where he should be, and that's Arman Markosian, who's currently at Fiorentina under 18. So that's another you know that's another step. He's another diasporan Armenian who is very proud to be Armenian, who already yeah, plays actually, for us. In, in, the actual in the same city as Avo. From the same city as Avo in Greece, who actually plays for us already in the youth league. I mean, that's like that's the type of approach they should have taken with Avo. Which, to be fair, Avo has played for Armenia, but he's also played for Greece. He played for us in the U16 twice, but in for U17, he played for Greece a lot. He played nine, he had nine appearances for them. He captained but that was, them. He cap- yeah. He actually captained them when they actually beat Turkey and they won promotion to something. It, like. But, he was big 
but but that was four years ago and he has not made an appearance since in in any for Greece or Armenia and I think that's probably because he was focusing and, on his club career uh, to make exactly. that decision later. I, I do think we do have a very good chance. I do think he, you know, of, of course, I think he, I think he loves, he loves Greece, and I think he loves Armenia too. It's going to be a very hard decision for him, uh, because you know what? Like as we say, of course, Greece has very, very, very good um, left backs. Yeah. I mean, some and of the that's best the difference world. maker. And that is Bro, the difference. And that's maker. the difference maker. Because he, as you said, he loves both both countries. He has represented both countries. He feels mm-hmm. both countries as his own, which mm-hmm. is the way he's like is something that we encourage and we agree and we love about that. But the difference maker is ultimately the same as Hrant with uh, Germany. You maybe you maybe you're you you're gonna get called okay, but you're not gonna play. That's the difference in Armenia. You know you'll play, and that. Yeah in itself creates a virtual cycle for everyone involved. And and like I've said before, I think if all of these players that we talk about, if they, if they all collectively choose to pick Armenia, the quality of our squad exponentially nah, increases. Nah, like, I mean, think of it. You have a player in the Dutch league. You have Hrant uh, for Bayern. You have um, Sevikian, the younger one, who who is in who's in Spain. If all Man of Villian. these Manvelian, who plays for Nantes, these are four players that are playing in a top five league, potentially, that can all represent Armenia. And if all four of them choose to represent Armenia at the same time, suddenly you look at our striker options, and we have a guy at FC Köln, a guy at FC Bayern, a guy at FC Nantes. Oh, by the way. Uh, I might, I mean, you reminded me with Hrant, our other two football and future stars from German lower tiers, uh, Jean-René Arajanian in, I think it was Kaiserslautern, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then Hermann Kurbasian at Koblenz. Both of them also started their season with a, like several assists. So, and they already play for us. So that's also another two in the mix and you have uh, the actual huge bro huge signing Mathis Bülük from Belgian Upen he signed mm-hmm. for Standard Liège that's one of the Belgian giants uh, and he's a uh, defensive mid he's 18 years old he has already said that he wants to represent Armenia and he's now signed for uh, Standard Liège team and youth teams he's going to be playing there both teams hopefully he makes first team soon but that is huge bro there there were a lot of like in belgian media and stuff they are hyping him up a lot yeah and if he wants to play for us i mean why not bring him in all right now to our final segment of today's episode european competition uh we are going to be talking about the armenian players and clubs that had their European journeys this season, uh, many of which have unfortunately ended. Uh, we will first start with Vahan Bichakjan and Pogon Shajin, who began their European journey against KR Reykjavik in the first qualifying round of the UEFA Conference League. Uh, in the first leg, they won 4-1, and in the second leg, they won one. Sorry, they lost 1-0, so they went through 4-1 aggregate. In the second round, uh, they played against Bronby, 
where they drew 1-1, and then in the second leg, they lost 4-0 away from home, so they got absolutely battered. Uh, Vahan played a total of 111 minutes from a possible 360, so it's a little frustrating situation for him and for us. Uh, And similarly in the league, he's played 186 minutes from a possible 450, uh, and he has scored twice. Um, It's a big um, big question mark. Those ain't bad numbers, though. They're not bad number. I mean, his output is going to be good no matter what. One goal every 90 minutes. I think the problem that the problem that we recognize and that the Pogon fans are 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 seeing clearly is that he is not being rewarded for playing well. Um, The coach is relying on him as a super sub and and when when he should be starting every game. I think there's no excuse at this point. More minutes. Um, Yeah, he needs more minutes, and I think he knows that. And I think, like I said, he's one good season away from being in a top five league. And in my opinion, it needs to be this season. If he wants to have that good career and that impact and, and, you know, be one of, he is already a key player in the national team, but be that superstar that we know he can be uh, this season in my eyes is, is very key for him because he's going through a lot of adversity right now. They're not going to play in Europe. And that's a major reason why he picked Pogon there. He's not getting that much game time in the league, but he is scoring goals and so he needs to keep that up, and he needs to show not only his manager, but other clubs that circle around the Polish league, which a lot do, as we know, especially the Bundesliga, that he is he's a gem, that he's a rough diamond that, that needs to be picked up. Any thoughts on that, Chanins? Anman, anyone? Anything? It's, it's crazy how he doesn't... He needs to be playing more often. Uh, he's that kind of player. Like the, it's we say this for many players, but for for Vahan, it's it's it, it's a must for him to play. I don't know. I don't know how the one system the OG, works. I don't know. One of the OG yeah. FKFS. Yeah, I, it doesn't make sense to me, honestly. I, it just, I, I, I can't. I understand it's a manager decision, whatever. Like we're just you know fans here discussing whatever. But come on, like come on! It, they bought a super player, and this is how he gets treated. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. He was signed as a super player. He is being used as a super sub. He yeah, it, it doesn't mean if you and and he was I think their most expensive signing ever at, at one million euros. And you think if yeah, you, it was like nearly one yeah, hundred yeah, so. years on I don't know. Yeah, so it's like if if you're spending I that mean, much money on someone, fucking. He use is them. already. Yeah, <laughs> there needs to be a reason for spending that much, especially if you're a team that but, that doesn't spend millions like the Premier know, League. You know that. You know what doesn't like what makes me feel a little better is that all things considered, and frustrating frustrating situation and all, he is already undisputedly like every is an a like common sense and and everyone agrees that he is one of the main entertainers of the extra classa so that's why i'm not worried a lot like he's he also currently the club's top goal scorer just yeah. on that and, and gets player of the month every single time for the club or for the extra classa with coming and, on the bench well, like and, how does that make extra sense plaza, extra classes accounts keep uh hyping him up uh constantly so it's uh Hopefully he keeps uh, delivering and he gets a little bit more minutes. But I I feel like he's going to 
like to get the transfer he deserves. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but, yeah. but like I said, he needs to. Um, I believe so too. He he really he needs to get more minutes. I mean, regardless, uh, I think they play. When do they play? On the 31st. So they play on Wednesday. Um, oh no, they don't play for a while. Oh my God, they don't play for like by two the way, weeks. That's weird. By the way, there there are still a few things that he needs to polish. Speaking of Poland. Yeah. <laughs> the transition. <laughs> no, All right. as, in, as in he needs to polish. He needs to polish. Yeah, we got it. Right. <laughs> Moving right? on. <laughs> Our <laughs> favorite. I'm hilarious. Football Genshon favorite Kamo Hovanesian began his European journey this season with a uh, against Rakao, which I believe is a Polish side, right? It's crazy, these connections. Uh, from the They're second ball. From the second qualifying round of the UEFA Conference League, uh, the first leg they <laughs> they lost five nil away from home, and then the second leg they lost one nil. And this was funny because if I'm not mistaken, um, Astana tw- would they Instagram something or they tweeted something before this game saying something along the lines of where where is Rakow? Like where is even Rakow? Oh, yeah, even it was that one. Is. And then they got their asses kicked, and it was oh, all over social media. Oh, me, no. It was. It went you viral can't on the. That dumb. It went viral on the on the soccer subreddit. Huh. They lost five in the lap of the tweet. It was hilarious. Um, first game he wasn't in the squad, and the second game he was on the bench. So good job, Kamo. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, moving on. Wow. To our domestic clubs, uh, FC Ararat Armenia began in the second qualifying round of the Conference League against Estonian side Payet. Uh, the first leg ended in a nil-nil draw, which was very frustrating considering, you know, we're used to seeing Vardan Bichakchan side um, playing crazy good attacking football. And then in the second leg was a repeat of the first leg uh, where it went nil-nil and then it went to extra time and then Pied knocked Adarat Armenia out on penalties 5-3. to three. Um, Boys, they started in the second round. They had a slight advantage. But this team, as we've seen also in the domestic league, they cannot, for the life of them, get going. What's they don't know how on? to shoot. That's it. that's that. simple. That, that, it, they just don't know how to shoot. <laughs> so just, what <laughs> I saw from them, what I saw from them is that a lot of the players, like a lot of the foreign players, which unfortunately is most of the team, at least before they got knocked out uh, or knocked off, uh, but. Some of them is like they don't want to play. It's like they don't want to be there. It's like I don't know them as if they feel like they're better when they're actually not. Many of they're those overpaid. Maybe those Brazilians, uh, a lot of those uh, Brazilians, the ones from Africa, the ones from the Balkans, uh, are many Armenian talents get overlooked, like Stupamakutchan that is now started to be used, uh, or even David David Tatirian that is. A fucking wonder at right back position is still benched by this Brazilian dude, Alemão. That no disrespect, but he's not good. He's not even good for the APL, bro. And it literally shows in every single game I watch from them, uh, European or APL. Uh, many of their players, and it happens not just for FCAA, but a lot of Armenian teams. Armenian players get overlooked and. They and that's how they keep getting stale and and that's how you don't grow. If you don't play, you don't grow, bro. Uh, it's, it's basic. I mean, these 
these are the things that I meant that I referenced when I say uh, Melikian actually has a point, even though sometimes he makes those mistakes himself. But he does have a point in making the observation that Armenian football is still not entirely professional. Like, yes, it's improving, but there's a, a long ass way to go. No, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Clearly. It was frustrating to see. Yeah, they, I watched, they I watched out, them this game, and it was they missed a, out just barely on a shot. golden opportunity. They missed out on a golden opportunity to, to play Anderlecht. Yeah, which uh, well, they were probably going to lose anyway, but they exactly. didn't even get the chance. Like, but, it's... bro, you're going to lose, but you're going to put your players out there to, you know, uh, yeah. showcase their own talents. Still and, fighting and I, Anderlecht. That would have been beautiful, bro. And I, And also, I think a lot of people, a lot of Armenian journalists pointed out the... Uh, lack of Girard Charoyan, which at the time while they were playing Pied, yeah, um, his yeah. situation his situation was no one knew what was happening. All we knew that was that he was not training with the team. And so I mean, bro, four young Armenian players that could have uh, hurt Anderlecht and showcased themselves to uh, in front of Belgian scouts, uh, mm-hmm. Stiopa. Giro Saroyan, Stiopa Magetian, of course, Giro Saroyan, uh, Artem Avanesian, Football Centrum Future Star as well, and David Tartarian, Armenian national team right back. All mm-hmm. four of those should have played against Paide, and I believe none of them did. None of them, and all no. Four of them, and all four of those could have hurt Anderlecht. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, of course, they're going to lose, but individual performances, that's where it's at mm-hmm. in, this play, in this games. Yeah. This small decision could have made such a big difference. Yeah, it's, it's always uh, in the in, it's always in the details. Our Armenian football does not know about those things, and that's why we're here. You know, oh. push those little details that need to be pushed that Caparros is doing. Yeah, I know. It's 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 very very frustrating. But you know what? You know, they, I think they see it. Um, and you know, hopefully they can do something know. better next season. But you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold my breath. Uh, okay. Elsewhere, Ararat Yerevan began in the first qualifying round of the UEFA Europa Conference League uh. against Shkendia, and they lost the first like 2-0 uh, away. And then there was a 2-2 draw at home, uh, which I was in Armenia during that second leg. I was not at the stadium. I was right next to the stadium. I couldn't go. <laughs> um, but. And I was hearing all the cheers and boos as they were happening and following it live on Twitter. Um, and I think, you know, we're, I don't want to talk too much about this game, Armin, but, um, you know, we have seen games that are rigged before. This was definitely one of them. Bro, Porsche. I mean, you were Porsche. right there next. It, The smell, the fishy smell. And we're nowhere near an ocean. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a, we'll we'll just leave it at that. Alright, Yerevan, extremely disappointing, but we didn't expect anything from them anyway. Uh, speaking of low expectations, Alashkert began in the first qualifying round of the UEFA Europa Conference League against Hamrum Spartans of Malta. Uh, they lost the first. Oh, sorry, they won the first leg one nil at home, and then co- proceeded to get their asses kicked four one in Malta um, after actually going one nil up. Yeah, uh, four goals in twenty minutes. Four goals in 20 minutes in the second half. They conceded, and they blew their 2-0 lead in the tie, and they got their asses kicked. So that, You know that. That Damn. has a name and a last name. All yeah. Four goals in 20 minutes. 
Yeah, it has a Daron Voskanian written all over it. <laughs> now, the moving goals. on to individual players, uh, we have Sargis Adamian, who is in the Conference League playoffs uh, against, uh, sorry, for his club side, FC Koln, who are playing against Hungarian side, Fehervar, not to be confused with Fehervaros, uh, who that happened sometime. I did apparently. in the last episode, I think, didn't yeah, I, did. uh, Armin? <laughs> yeah, you did. That's why I remembered that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because I listened to it when I was on one of my flights. Uh, so they lost the first game 1-2 at home. Uh, Sako came off the bench and played 14 minutes. And I started watching this game when Sako came off the bench. And he looked great. Um, he was very involved. But he was playing on the left wing. And they had him really pushed out wide. And and again, I say this for the national team also. Sako is a fox in the box. You want to give him the ball. At, at his feet in the box, and he's just not getting the t- the type of service that he needs. Um, so currently, will Cone go through, and will they see European competition? Uh, seems like a easy job on paper, but they're currently down one goal, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, Next and they up, get they got a man sent off. Uh, yeah, very early on in that game, also, uh, but that didn't stop them from attacking. Uh, hopefully. We will see uh, with the departure of um, oh, who was their striker, um, Anthony Modest, left to go to Borussia Dortmund. So hopefully Sako gets more minutes now. Yeah, um, he left. I just saw it like a way, few minutes ago, actually. Yeah. By the way, Modest joined uh, Kieran at the the age Sako was. Uh, Sako is, mm-hmm. and four years later, he's joining Borussia Dortmund at 33 years old. So you never know, bro. Well, anything is possible. Yeah, anything. If well, he's look, that good at that age, anyone will get him. Cole Speaking of red cards. Hold on, hold on. Cole, uh, okay, objectively, okay, okay. I have that in, one. In my eyes, Cole <laughs> is objectively better than Hoffenheim, in my yeah. opinion. So I think, uh, I think he's already so, made an upgrade leaving Hoffenheim to go to Cole. But anyway, definitely, we'll, um, bro. There's a reason Hoffenheim why did well Europe. today, but. Uh, but Kohn seems more seems more of a, a, a very good side this season. Uh, their, their their manager is a very um, uh, I love that word? guy. Yeah, he's he's a motivational type, and I think that's the type of manager Sako needs. Um, uh, he's a different approach. He's and he knows him. Approach. He knows him from uh, I think it was Regensburg. Yeah, exactly. No, sorry, Hans. Uh, uh, Hans Rostock, not Regensburg. Oh, huh. okay. Yeah, so even earlier in uh, in Sako's yeah. career. So there's a connection there. Um, anyway, moving on to the most fashionable <laughs> player of the Armenian national team, Tigran Barsegan, uh, with his side Slovan Bratislava, began in the first round of the UEFA Champions League against Dinamo Batumi. Uh, the first leg ended 0-0 at home, and the second leg they lost 1-2 after extra time. Uh, Tico helped them win the round with a goal. Oh, sorry, they won 2-1. Uh, Tico scored the winner, um, and he played 58 minutes in both games, and he also had an assist. Uh, so it was a really, really big first showing uh, from Tico in that first round. And the second round, they played against uh, Ferenc Vakros, which is the other Hungarian club we referenced, uh, in the second round of the UEFA Champions League. Uh, yeah, they, had a they had a 2-1 win uh, uh, with an away goal by Tico, and then the second leg, they lost Bro. 4-1. Uh, He's on beast and, mode. Yeah, he was on beast mode. I think he had like two goals and two assists in the first two rounds of the Champions League. Then we get to the Europa League. And 
because they got knocked out. So they're in the third round of the Europa League. They play against Olympiacos. The first leg, they draw 1-1. The second leg, 2-2. And then they lose on penalties. Tough. Who can beat the Greeks? Now they're in the Conference League playoffs, where they're playing against HSK Zrinjiski Mostar. And they... uh, had a what was it a one nil away win was it, is that was it a win? I think it was a loss because oh, of Tico getting sent off. Yeah, Tico got sent off. Yeah, and they lost. Uh, so he's not going to be playing. He's not going to be playing in the second leg, and they might not even get Europe now. So from from having such a great start in the Champions League, yeah. and now they might not even see Europe. It's extreme yeah, because of Tico. I mean, they got it's like a final are, that one game. It's like they got where they are thanks to Tico, but at the same time they're about to get knocked out because thanks of Tico. Tico. Yeah, so yeah. it's 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 a vintage um, vintage Tigran Barcelona move, I would say. Moving on to the main event of this episode, we are talking, of course, about FC Punic Yerevan and their yeah European amazing atmosphere. Oh. So we will start by talking. First, um, about how they got here. The first leg of the UEFA Champions League, round one, they were matched up against CFR Cluj, uh, the champions of Romania. Now, looking at this, no one, and when I say no one, I mean we even, I, I remember when the draw came out, Amman was like, mm-hmm. shit, like, <laughs> that's it, Mortir. That, that's where we were at. And, First game was home. Nil-nil. Draw. Okay. Whatever. Can be, you know what? Okay, maybe we can do it. Nick a 1-0 went away at home. Second game against Cluj in Romania. Away. Go down. That was crazy. Equalize. Go down again. Equalize again. Penalties. Punic win. David Urchenko made a huge save. And suddenly we're like, oh, oh. Okay. You were in Armenia that day. I was in Armenia that day. How um, how did it feel? How was the atmosphere? It, it was good. It was great. I think people were happy. Uh, I was unfortunately unable to watch the game. Um, but Uh-oh. I did see a lot of excitement. And I did see some Punic kits. So, But the second leg now. We're in Champions League still again. Second round against Duda Lounge. Again at home. Lackluster performance. The away side from Luxembourg wins 1-0. Now we think, oh, I think God. that was a wake-up call. I mean, th- I think that was a hint that of what was coming up yeah. that round. Yeah, I agree. I agree there. It was a wake-up call, that one. Then the second leg. Now this is in Luxembourg. They go down 1-0. It's halftime. We're thinking, oh my God, come on, you know, do the lounge again. Yeah. This I was Lux- there this Lux- one. Luxembourg, you know, you know, when are we going to catch a break? And this Punic side comes out at halftime and guns blazing. They score four unanswered goals and they yeah. cruise. Interceptions. To the third qualifying round. And now we're like, okay, okay, third qualifying round of Champions League. Now we have guaranteed Europe, which for us, uh, of course, being Armenian, is already a big deal, right? I mean, <laughs> this is only, they're going to be the second club ever to play in a European competition. But now we're thinking, okay, European competition, guaranteed. Now let's see if we can do better. Unfortunately, 
Punic draw Red Star yep. Belgrade. Cervena Zvezda, yeah. who absolutely dismantle Punic away. Uh, uh, Bro, 5-0. Red, I mean. Star, Red Star put the Serbian League single-handedly within UEFA Top 10 League contention. Mm-hmm. Purely just from them. And 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 I think, you know, it's so funny. When I was looking at this Red Star team, it's it's the perfect mix. They, they do exactly what Armenian clubs want to do. A, about six Serbian players and then about five Shoot. foreigners. What Armenian teams should do. Except the foreign players they pick are actually good. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, at home... Mm-hmm. Punic had a much better showing, but they still lost 2-0, uh, which was very... It sucked. I mean, it, it sucked to see them lose the, on this bad of an aggregate, the worst aggregate of the round, actually, in the Champions League. Um, and now, they find themselves in the Europa League playoffs. Uh, this is a place that Armenian clubs have been twice so far. Both times it was Aradat Armenia. Both times they lost. Once to Dudalange and once to Red Star Belgrade. So it's it's this weird like mixture we're seeing here of like Punic has has literally faced the, wait if I'm not mistaken has hasn't Armenia played Cluj as well? Why do I feel like they have? Amen. Last season, uh, no, no, I think, no. I believe it was. I don't know if it was Ararat Yerevan or Shirak Gyumri. I know it was a Vatan Bichakchian team uh-huh. uh, with many of the same players. But no, it was actually Steaua Bucharest. Oh, Steaua Bucharest. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Okay, all right. Um, and it was it was a good showing by the Armenian team, whichever one it was. It was. And now, like I said, we have a shot at Europa League, a place that we haven't been before, and a place that would be good to go. Uh, Armin and I have our differences here. Uh, I think the exploitation of Armenian clubs. I also have my differences. Chadens <laughs> too, but. I think that being in Europa League, I think the exploitation is better. But I do agree that Conference League is definitely more our level and more of where we may actually see Punic win a game. So yeah, yeah we and get points of that. It's better to get. One, I mean, money. It's better to get exactly. like five draws rather than one win and zero and like all More losses. Loss. Yeah. Yeah. And, and bro, bro, I mean, money is coming, big time money is coming either way. Now we have exactly. guaranteed, for, for Punic, Punic has 3 million guaranteed if they uh, get in Conference League and 4 if they go to Europa League. 1 million isn't that big of a difference, 25%, it's nothing. But the difference maker here is that Punic, if, of course, if they get a relatively accessible uh, group, yeah. Which we know we know they're better than Alashkert was last year. So if mm-hmm. they get Alashkert's group from last year, I I could see them get win or two and maybe even go to the next uh, stage. Well, Not to clarify stage. to clarify the prize money here. So for qualifying, they got, I'm I'm speaking in U.S. dollars. Um, they got 3.14 million U.S. dollars for qualifying for Conference League. For every win they get in the Conference League, they get half a million dollars. And then for every draw, they get 177,000, uh, which equates to 424,000 euros and 141,000 euros. So realistically, if they do get to Conference League and then if they do win three games and get a draw, that's already like almost 2 million additional euros that they're getting. And then if they go even further, 
for getting to the knockout round, you get $320,000, a quarter of a million euros. And for getting to the round of 16, 640,000. Quarterfinals, 1 million. Semifinals, 2.41 million. Runners up, 3.2 million. Winners, 5.3 million. So just for being in Europe, they're already, no matter what, going to get $3.14 million, which for in Armenian club terms, that's a lot of fucking money, man. That's a lot. And Punic will actually use it and not pocket it like Alashkin. <laughs> so this game changer. But um, Punic, a few days ago, before recording this, played the first leg at home in Yerevan against Sheriff in a in a packed stadium. It wasn't sold out. It was about 9,000 9, people, uh, which I think the capacity of the stadium is 13,000, so that's pretty good. Uh, and they drew nil-nil. The Punic played well. Um, not only did they play well, uh, the ref actually missed the handball. Uh, it was a very clear handball, and there was no VAR for some reason. Um, I'm not sure why. I, yeah. I think it was the way. I'm not sure if there is no VAR in this stage of the competition. No, no, no. There is because of the. There is because in the third one they just implemented it. So okay. now there's also for this one as well. So. So if if I recall correctly, the commentators were said something along the lines of the way, the way that the handball happened, they are unable to review it. It was like in the VAR rule book, they can't. They they could not review that. Oh, I got it. So, okay. yeah. So, missed penalty call. And it was very obvious. It was the hand was in an unnatural position. It was up to the side. It was in the box. It should have been a penalty. Second instance, the ref gave a foul for one of the puny players who was in the box on the byline, um, who, like, heckled the player, hassled the player a little bit, stole the ball, and was laying it off to, um, I can't remember who was the striker, uh, the Serbian guy. Um, Juricic. Juricic, who, it was an easy tapping. He just needed to turn around and shoot. But for some reason, the ref blew the whistle and called a foul. There was no foul there. We saw multiple replays. Nothing happened. So Punic could have easily had scored twice in that game. Uh, but currently, we do have a bit of a goal drought, as Punic have not scored a goal since that 4-1 win away to do the lunch. Melikian has asked the club uh, to return Grenik Petrosyan from loan, uh, who's currently at Bekma, the Armenian under-21 striker. Um, second leg... Oh, he's on loan there! Yeah, he's on loan because of the military, the military service. Um, so I mean, playing there, except uh, like uh, lets them uh, be an exception from the military. It's not like they they are doing the military service. That's why they are at Pekama. No, actually, they're at Pekama uh, instead of doing the military service. It's like a special status granted to uh, the highest performers uh, out of future yeah exactly so boys to wrap up this episode let's talk a little bit about punic and sheriff nil nil going away to moldova playing the only good moldovan team <laughs> let's start with you uh, chadens oh, man, i'm gonna hold <laughs> off on you chadens okay, okay, okay. what are your that. expectations for the second leg do you think punic can win and get to the europa league I believe they can win. Uh, they've already got Europe, so I'm not I'm not worried about anything. But they can they can they can win. Uh, the thing that concerns me the most is uh, how this game will be like a, like a preparation for 
whatever tournament they get uh, in the group stages. So uh, if they play bad and they, they win, like if they don't play as we expect them to play and they manage to get the win and they go into Europa League, let's say, we're going to be a bit, you know, scared how they're going to handle it there. But if they're... If they get a striker after on uh, after the game or anything like that, that means that they're definitely preparing for the future. Because the most important thing, personally, is that they prepare for the next step. The next step is very similar step. It's group stage, but we just don't know which which level. It's either the elites or the one level below the elites. Armen. What are your thoughts? Not let's let's stick to purely the match, not our uh, things on whether they should play Europa League or Conference League. But where where do you think they will end up oh, as a result on. of this match? We have talked about how many striker problems they had, and they for some reason signed uh, another defensive mid. I don't know, man. That's honestly, I don't know what's going. To happen on the next game but either way drawing nil nil and getting a clean sheet against a team that has played champions league like last season yes granted most of their squad has changed now everyone is keeps highlighting this and that they're not the same team that uh, i think they beat real madrid on group stages uh, it was insanity uh, they had an insane crazy Champions League uh, Champions League campaign last season and now they're drawing nil-nil against Punique that's huge bro so props to them uh, I, I just wish they were doing some other things to make it even better but this isn't bad this is a good place to start okay alright well Last note, um, something that we missed, actually. Uh, football games from Future Stars, Gorman Velian was on the bench for Marseille at the Velodrome. Um, he's right most now, likely as not. We, yeah. He's, he's, he's now. He, yeah, he's, been, he's actually been as on the bench speak. in every game so far this oh, yeah. season. Uh, but he never mind, probably, apologies. He never plays, though. So. Um, <laughs> maybe, well, come on. Come on, this one is huge, though. I mean, he... Is going to spe- to experience the velodrome and all its magnificence. Armenian uh, side, the Marseille. Oh. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> well, gentlemen, this was great. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being here. Football Gantron's back. If you don't already, please follow us on social medias: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, all that jazz. Beautiful um, thing coming. We're cooking up on some really good things. Hopefully, we'll be able to share it with you guys soon. Uh, if you don't already rate us on the <laughs> apple podcast spotify all that jazz share 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 please share share with your friends uh and that's it for this episode of football Genshin. hopefully FK's we'll be back, see you guys baby. later we'll start talking a little bit more about punic in europe we have the national team coming up next month lots of great things all right Big things ahead of us but for now peace <laughs>